0: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Exposition Break podcast, your home for video game news, critiques, and industry analysis. I'm Blake Foley and as always I am joined by my co-host Sean Gandert. How are you today Sean? Tired. <laughs> Same, I know how that is. Um, it's, you know, we've, we've managed to do a few more of these lately so we are continuing the train of keeping this podcast going. We've officially passed, um, I think it was maybe the last one, but did you know the average actually it's been two since anyway? The average podcast only lasts like six episodes or something like that. Before. I
1: I've heard that, so mm-hmm. we're we're beating those averages. Yep. Um I'm always entertained uh to find them long after like long running podcasts. Uh one I like just came back, insert credit, which is part of how um I found Tim Rogers many years ago, but it's him, Brandon Sheffield, Frank Cifaldi, and they started a, a billion years ago and I kind of enjoy that. There's like 200 some episodes from a bit, way back when no one had any idea who any of them were, but I, Frank was my editor at the time and I was like, Oh cool. Oh.
0: Yeah. You know, there's so many old things I want to go back and listen to um, from that sort of stuff from that era. You know, the old one up stuff in general, I found some of it on uh, archive.org mm. It's the quality is all over the place and it's kind of a mess. And I I wish that stuff could be fresh in a way that it's not. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always just a matter of finding stuff and weirdly, I think, you know, we're we're going to news. I think one of the things that's at least news adjacent is I think both of us are coming around a lot more to polygons coverage lately. I (laughs) go there first instead of never (laughs)
0: <laughs> right I mean that that's that's a big topic actually <laughs> um you know it's funny I mean uh, maybe listeners to the site uh or podcast listeners to the site uh <laughs> listeners to the podcast, readers of the site um probably don't know my my distaste for polygon over the years um not necessarily with it as a whole but i've I've had plenty of complaints about polygon we'll just say that, but Lately, with uh, the turn that Kotaku has taken, Polygon um, has definitely risen to the top of my game news um, sites. They've, I feel like, um,
1: it's not like they completely refocused what they're doing, but how they're covering feels a little bit more depth, a little bit less hot takes.
0: Yeah, and, less uh, clickbaity for sure.
1: Yeah, and You'll see fewer Polygon articles in a week than you would have like two years ago. But um, there are a lot fewer headlines with three things about the Xbox One that you didn't know and will blow your mind. And the number (laughs) one is like, it's got a fan.
0: It's got a fan. Things that they didn't tell you. Yeah, (laughs) That's more. You got to put a more negative spin on it. Um, Things
1: they didn't tell you about the Xbox One. You've heard the conspiracy theories. That's right. It's sending out uh, 5G uh, radio waves that are, uh, that are also spreading uh, the coronavirus.
0: You're going to have there. to get an 8K TV just to enjoy the Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. all joking aside, you know, they have been better. I feel like they've kind of honed their craft. And that's been part of the one the long running issues with Polygon for me over the years is there has been some good writing once you get past Mm. the clickbait headlines. Um, you'll get a clickbaity headline that is just infuriating. And then sometimes there is a good article underneath it, but I can't, I have trouble getting past that headline. And
1: all. The I, I never opened it to find the good article. And sometimes you'd see discussion uh, a week later and everyone would still be talking about it. And you're like, oh, I guess I should go back and read that thing uh, <laughs> that I skipped because it was just called Dark Souls Will Own You. And I'm like, I'm not reading that. That's terrible.
0: <laughs> right, but you know dark souls will own you though that is correct
1: uh, i you don't need to tell me <laughs> so i think that that's one of the bigger like personally as i'm following game stuff and the nice thing about it versus say sports is that you know games still exist in coverage but even so uh you know you you have, we have the news section of the breakdown and you're asking me what there and i I know it's kind of a no news section, but it, what it was a big announcement today that there is cancellation of Gen Con. We've known for a few weeks now that there would be no version of E three. I'm going to assume TGS is canceled, and so this year, um, and I mean, let alone other, uh, the penny arcade expos are actually probably the biggest, not in terms of how they're covered, but in terms of uh, actual participation. And it's a year in games without that, uh without those community gatherings.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's I mean that's yeah, that's been kind of the thing is you know, more and more things are getting cancelled, more and more things are getting delayed, and anything that has not been cancelled or delayed yet um is just kind of a matter of not if but when it feels Yeah. Like yeah. Right. yeah. And no, I it's it's been <sighs>
1: I I think it's interesting, particularly video games, less so like tabletop things, but video games are really something that doesn't need that. And Nintendo directs have shown that for a decade, you know, you, you can run media, you can do be Nintendo fully without needing to have that sort of participation. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's still in a weird place, uh, there's a lot of people watching twitch streams and stuff but it's uh i don't know how much you watch twitch streams but a lot of them the the commentators and i say this as a person who has has watched plenty um it's a little depressing
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh-huh. mo- most of my twitch i would watch a decent amount of twitch but usually that's spread across you know three, yeah, exactly four, three or four key streamers um either centered around Mario Maker, Dark Souls, <laughs> or uh Resident Evil. <laughs> so, you know, I will I will whenever
1: there's a new Spelunky thing going on. And like once Spelunky 2 comes out, I bet you I will watch some Twitch of that for
0: sure. Yeah, that that I imagine some of my streamers will be playing that game, so. Oh
1: yeah. Sure great. But, group, but group. I, there is something until this year, I had never really paid much attention to the comic, comment side of Twitch. I had always been... Uh, I didn't like to hear them. I like to hear what the streamers were up to, particularly a lot of the streamers that I enjoy. Um, for instance, with Hearthstone one, they'll do what they call co-op ones. They'll have a friend on. And I like hearing their conversation and that interaction, but the interaction with the uh, audience... I don't know. It's always... Uh, it's it's a weird thing, and I I feel like it, it's very internet-y in the way that it's. I don't judge Twitch for that. I don't think it would be any better if ESPN allowed people broadcasting <laughs> the MLB to like respond to the batters. But you know, there's always a lot of stereotypes. You know, the radio show, the sports radio show, where the crazy person calls in to talk about the minor league hockey team and how they need to do blah, 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 blah. And they go off in crazy passion. Um, it, you have the same thing in games, but I watch it in real time. And somehow, <laughs> I think because it, like those people are only interacting with each other in terms of sports. like you, you just don't listen to that crazy sports broadcast. But on Twitch, it can be a major streamer with you know twenty thousand people at all times and uh the chat is filled with nuts
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i'm i'm constantly fascinated by twitch and by extension its audience and the public nature of that portion of it it it's it's a weird like years later it's it's kind of the new public access but with a Mm, live totally and you know it it surfaces, like you said, so many weird things about the audience because there is... Like, on one hand, I am often actually very impressed with the level of Discord that can kind of go on in that chat. It isn't as mm-hmm. much of a garbage fire as you think it could be, and a lot of that is moderation tools and all kinds of stuff like that.
1: A lot of the mods on bigger channels are really impressive. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that... I always think of think of Hearthstone, you have some people who spotted a lethal that like a person who won the grand the world championship missed and be like oh yeah yeah there's this amazing play and you're like wow and then they'll three three people who will be like you should have done this and here and they'll be explaining no see so you, you have to understand that takes 23 mana to do and we only have eight <laughs> and then you kind of go back and forth between the two of those
0: well no i mean it's it's yeah exactly that because i was watching uh I, don't, I actually don't know his full streamer name but barb the guy who makes yeah yeah grand... I, know,
1: I know who you're talking about yeah barb barb's a... awesome and he's yeah. pretty hilarious
0: yeah he's funny he makes grand poo world um and i watch him fairly regularly he was doing a Sekiro stream of, gosh a couple months ago now at this place's point but he was Playing Sekiro, trying to do a uh, no death run, and mm, the gosh. title the title of his stream was Sekiro. Blah blah blah. It was the day before Neo was coming out, but mm. clearly his title was Sekiro. Is, <laughs> the game being played was Sekiro. About twenty five percent of the people that entered the room. First question: Is this Neo 2?
1: <laughs> that's that's exactly, and and it's not even. Um... I uh, I rarely see because of modding like a bunch of really offensive things on Twitch, which is very impressive. What I see and said is that is that mm-hmm. moment of just like head slapping. You're not a horrible person. I just what are you What are you thinking? I have no idea. And it's a thing I've written a bit about streaming stuff uh, before in fiction, and I'm working. Very slowly because I'm in the middle of uh, the middle of packing to move to Albuquerque, uh, but I've been thinking a lot about this next book where one of the characters is a Twitch streamer, and uh, one of the things I always try to figure out is how to emulate that feeling of watching Twitch chat, and quickly realizing that it's kind of impossible because it's so fast and so many words and like it just goes and goes and you need to be able to scan through those idiots. And then the really smart people. It's it's a strange form of discourse,
0: mm-hmm. but then also being able to pick the right idiots to respond to. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's the other thing about Barb is he will uh, call people out on some stupidity for sure. <laughs> um.
1: Well, yeah. And the, a lot of people it's like, how do you call people out on your stupid, on their stupidity and make it fun? instead Mm -hmm. of just getting pissy and sometimes when people are tired even like the more entertaining like pretty good spirited people when they've been streaming for eight hours and those people come on i've just seen them go off
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i believe yeah But, but yeah i
1: i feel like one of the things I was excited about moving Albert Kierke about, uh, Gamers Anonymous there has really built out a local community and they're doing, they completely converted a back half of it to just social gaming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been doing, and they were about to open it when they closed shop, yeah. basically, um, after working on refurbishing it for a long time. And I was thinking about, you know, the community and how much it has to go online. And that's always been a case, but I did tend to think it's not the best. Um, there's a reason why people like spend money and fly out to PAX to play a game that they could just play with their friend at
0: home. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's not a replacement, which does remind me of one of those Polygon headlines now that we're talking about
1: it i know i know the stupid (laughs) stupid one and i
0: yeah i I, it's it's okay to not be okay with streaming game or whatever the heck his yeah uh, yeah headline was but anyway i don't want to dwell on it (laughs) but but yeah that was perfect perfect i mean
1: no one listens to your podcast i feel okay in just calling out ben kutcher just calling
0: out ben kutcher yeah and just be
1: like like (laughs) what what why are you so bad at that why is no one and why why are you an editor why is no one overseeing this and going you know what that's terrible he must be amazing somehow at getting traffic in a way that i don't
2: understand
0: i bet he gets clicks man i i I I bet bet he gets clicks clicks. yep i mean i click on his crap because i just need to see it You know? And then you need to send
1: me send me quotes.
0: Yeah, I've started. I send you quotes because I'm not going to send you a link anymore because <laughs> I don't want to add to the machine. But yeah, I imagine maybe people hate read it the way I do.
1: They must. I mean, I always felt like you know I started out at the penny arcade as their like one man news team, and I always felt like they closed that side not because it was a bad idea but because his coverage was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a theory. It's Um, a theory.
0: (laughs) But also, it may have been a bad idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it may well have been a bad idea as well, but Ben Kuchera carried the torch for just, uh, I don't know. He. There's always a lot of jokes about what gaming media is, and he often has a lot of those stereotypes. And there's a ton of good coverage, and there's a ton of depth and interesting critical thinking out there, including on his site. But whenever people are making fun of game journalists, it's like he's the stereotype of what they don't like about it.
0: The most tepid of hot takes. The most tepid of hot takes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: so I guess we started about the news. But yeah, I, I, I think it's just an it's a weird summer for many reasons but there's just announcements are going to continue to be in a strange uh void which is kind of nice but i like the excitement because i like being excited it's fun i like even when i i'm making fun of e3 it's fun to have an event and something to talk about i don't know
0: yeah no i agree it's fun and it's also kind of neat in this current thing that when news does hit, it's just kind of a nice little surprise. You know, <laughs> like, I forget, I don't even... And maybe the this, Paper Mario. Yeah, Paper Mario, that was the one. It's like, that wasn't even a Nintendo Direct, was it?
1: No, it wasn't a Nintendo <laughs> yeah. Direct. It was just, it was kind of like a Nintendo shrug. Yeah, um, I was kind of
0: like, oh, by the way, here's this. I'm like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing Paper Mario. And then it's like, I mean, I guess you probably were going to, but cool. cool. Yeah. I, I maintain my stance, which is, I would be more happy if it was anything but Paper Mario, but <laughs> hey.
0: I, I, like, I think I said to you when that news came out that I, I think I'm the only person in the world that wants a sequel to Super Paper Mario on the Wii.
1: I, I played Super Paper Mario. I'm pretty sure I
0: beat it. I think you did.
1: It seems like something I would I remember the weirdness of that being that you you couldn't run so like there's platforming stuff but you're always at the same uh, speed you Mm -hmm. can hold down a run button that irritated me to no end
0: (laughs) it wasn't a perfect game but I liked its spirit yeah
1: no it it was creative in a cool way I like Nintendo's craft stuff and Mm -hmm. both the Yoshi and Kirby ones have been too easy yeah. Um. And a little too basic. So hopefully they'll do something cool with that. They, they're, they're crazy beautiful games, but they. Uh, my wife, whenever I'm playing Mario, is always like, like you're, you know, you're playing kids games, and it's like, these really, as weird as it sounds, are not. Um. <laughs> they kind of are, but it's like the Kirby games, Yoshi's Woolly World. Those were kids games. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to make a distinction about, but they, the ease of level design makes a really big difference.
0: No, for sure. For sure. Yeah, kids' games and, is such a weird topic in itself these days, or not even these days. It always has been, whereas, mm-hmm. like, a good, like, my opinion of best, the good kids' games are just good games
1: well it, it's yeah. like a good kids movie where mm-hmm. i i am happy to watch a good kids movie um they're not the most commonly made thing there was that great era when pixar was cranking him out for a long time um not as much anymore but hey onward I, was pretty good you told me that i haven't i haven't checked it out but you know uh I'm. I love a good kids movie in the same way. They can have the same sort of depth. Um, oftentimes, it simply means that they're st- they're telling things about uh, more cartoonish worlds. But I don't have any issues. Like I like having aesthetics that are. Sometimes you want the Doom aesthetic, but sometimes you want Mario. And I, it, there's there's plenty plenty of room for both. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You've been playing more than me since the last time we talked, including finishing up Sekiro.
0: Yeah. So I finished Sekiro um, with a big fat asterisk next to it, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is worth talking about. So, um, you know, the game has multiple endings. I pushed on past what would have been the first ending. And it's pretty clear when you get to that point, what, you know, what's about to go down, Um, continued on and, Pushed through some other walls, eventually made it to the final boss. But before I reached the final boss, pushing through those last few walls started to get really mm. exhausting to me. I've still, I mean, to get it out of the way, I loved Sekiro. It's, it's a fantastic game. Um,
1: I think one of, one of the worries that you had about it before was that those walls would be early on.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: part of why, part of why it took you a long time to, to pick up the game
0: yep exactly and i i you know played through a most of the game i hit a point where you know i entered what you'd call the end game and not only did i start hitting some walls it was also repeat content um mm. it was treading through some areas that i had already spent a bunch of time in exploring so the one of my favorite things about souls games is the exploration um, mm-hmm. Is you know discovering new places and you know working my way around finding the nooks and crannies. When you're revisiting an area, um, to deal with even new enemies, just that that exploration's kind of gone. Um, so oh then, yeah. So then it just be, does become about the challenge of just getting to the getting to a sub boss or mini boss and then dealing with that boss and moving on. Um. So I got back to that area, went through managed after a bunch of tries to finally get through it all um and it was a pretty grueling process i'll say like not it it was neat stuff it was just really hard in a way that i'm just not that great at those games and didn't want to necessarily putting in the time to memorize it was a lot um and then i made it oh go ahead
1: i one of the things you mentioned is is so much about exploration and it, it feels like part of what you're coming up against uh, this is going to be something I will say about the Souls games in comparison with most people is that to me I have more fun in the levels and a- the community seems to love the bosses. And yeah. I I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I- I'm with you on that. I like I like you know working my way through an area at a pace. The mm-hmm. bosses are mostly secondary to me. That's why I rarely feel. Um, bad about summoning help against a boss it's like meh fine and you know part of it is i'll still wear my badge of honor i beat d- demon souls without summoning anyone to help with any bosses mm. so you know I, I think i have my you know i've earned my stripes <laughs> to say but um it the bosses are secondary I, I like seeing them i like knowing their lore um and it does feel great to beat one Um, But most of the time, I'd rather just keep exploring new cool areas.
1: Yeah, one of the times I would say that most of the nights that I stop when I stop playing at a Souls game is when I come up against like a boss, I lose to him two or three times, and I'm like, eh, I'm good for the night. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I don't... It doesn't excite me to... uh, to learn them in that sort of way and i'm not there are some people who are very much oh you should never use summons or anything on a boss they're curious about that and i'm like "Uh, i'm happy to move on from the boss and play the get get elsewhere like i like to see them but i don't want to see them 20 times
0: yeah exactly and that's kind of my take with it whereas in zekiro in some cases you have to because you can't Mm -hmm. you can't summon um there aren't many cheese tactics that i came across although um when you get to the corrupted monk when you play on the bridge let me know because there, there's a hot tip i will share with you <laughs> all right <laughs> it's not a cheese it's it's a thing but knowing it makes it so much easier um but yeah like the bosses and i will we'll cover it in a later topic but you know it comes down to an equation of you know just time um mm. i'd love to spend all the t- if i were in college yeah i'd sit there and keep trying and trying and trying and learning those bosses and doing all those things but you know time is a valuable commodity um and sometimes if you don't make progress it's kind of the end of a game um for me it's a, it's a- there's a
1: there's a decent number of games where uh, i consider myself to have beaten them when i came up against a final boss and it was either like One way or another, I would have to grind to beat him. And sometimes that grinding is not in terms of levels or something. It's just grinding, playing them 20 times to get every pattern memorized. And sometimes it is like, oh, okay, I need to love all of this stuff. But in any case, I've just gone, I've seen the game Mm -hmm. and I got what I wanted out of it. And I would enjoy my life with the hour and a half it would take me to go beat him uh, spent doing something else. Exactly.
0: And you know, there were bosses in Sekiro that I put in that time and I Mm learned them and it felt awesome to put them down. In some of the cases, it just clicked and I destroyed them and it was a fantastic feeling. But I got to the end of the game. I tried the final boss actually literally like once or twice. It wasn't many times before I just kind of went, you know what? I don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) I, uh, Opt online. I was playing on PC and I downloaded a mod that made the game significantly easier. <laughs> um to finally just put away that boss. Um and it it made it so that my damage output was a lot higher, I did a lot more stagger damage, and my uh my little trinket uh counter was infinite, so I could use my little special attacks as much as I wanted. Um, And I used that to get through the boss. And I was really grateful as I was doing it that I did because it actually had two more stages and it just wouldn't have happened otherwise.
1: I understand that. That, And that actually is kind of a... Part of why I always end up quitting on the last boss is that I don't have the carrot of oh, I want to see more levels. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, well beating him, I get nothing?
0: (laughs) Especially (laughs) in a Souls game, sometimes you get Literally not. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say Sekiro has a lengthy ending. I mean, by soul, or by from standards, you know, mm. it's it's not super long, but it does have a bit more exposition to it. But um all in all, I mean, I definitely really enjoyed Sekiro and I highly recommend it. Um, but that's me with having the out of being able to cheat on PC. Um it'd be a different struggle on console for sure.
1: How many hours do you think you put into it?
0: Ooh, um, me. I I want to guess probably 40 to 50. Mm, okay. Let me, let me actually open Steam here.
1: It, it's try. one of those things that I, um, I, leg- I legitimately appreciate knowing. Even. Mm. Even when I know go in knowing it's good or whatever, it's nice to have the expectation about what sort of experience you're looking
2: for.
0: yeah, and
1: and as we'll discuss in a little bit, like time is such a big resource. it is it is a determining factor and it makes you decide what you play and what you won't. even when you know that's something that something you'd probably enjoy. I would probably enjoy Sekiro, but Am I always up for
0: a very intense 40-50 hour game? No? <laughs> no. Um, looking at my play count, I had 44 hours. Now, I'd venture that at least 10 of that was actually with the game minimized idle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd say probably 30 to 35 hours. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't have as much leveling as a Souls game. I mean, by its nature, you're not you know it just doesn't have as many little fiddly rpg bits i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: that's that's not a that's not a bad thing Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: some people again some people love min maxing that stuff in the souls games and some people love min maxing that in any rpg and i think I have enjoyed that less every year since 10th grade (laughs) when I was like very much like happy to do, be fiddly with all of that. And, uh, since then, likewise, my love for, uh, that part of RPGs versus being the storytelling has definitely flipped. And the other thing that I know you spent a lot of time in, and this is actually kind of a flip of that, is final fantasy 12 which i beat quite a long time ago like like a decade or so ago yeah and
0: uh it's funny uh, i was actually just telling nicole that story because i was sitting there playing it and i mentioned she was i'm playing the hd version that came mm -hmm. out on modern consoles i'm playing it on switch um but I mentioned something about the PS2 and Nicole went, oh, wow, PS2, you know, because it's just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's not like a super overhaul of the graphics, but they do enough to tidy it up so it doesn't look quite that old. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it was just kind of a funny situation Then I remembered. I I remembered when you and I were working together (laughs) way back when um, you actually, I actually took your PS2 home to fiddle Mm -hmm. with the laser so you could actually play. Yeah, fantasy (laughs) twelve.
1: Yeah, and that was the last game I played on the PlayStation Two, and it it was a good one to to end on. I think it is a
2: fantastic game, as much as uh, it's a strange, um, it's it's a strange project and. There are so many good
1: things about it, even though all of it doesn't really fit together into like a um uh totally great whole. I don't know.
0: No, it's it's disjointed for sure. There's weird plot contrivances that I've come across as I've played where, you know, we'll get into other stuff with it, but it you just reminded me of it. Like there's there's at least I'm about 13 hours in, I think. There's at least mm. like two moments in those 13 hours where the bad guys Have like the, the good guys Get taken hostage Probably mm-hmm. four or five times in those first 13 hours
1: You've been running around the sewers and such
0: Uh, Yeah run around the sewers yeah. And then I, I how many times I've been on an Airship you know you go meet A politician who is supposed mm. to be A member of the resistance and he's all like Yeah I am but I'm gonna call the cops on you
2: I
1: I would give it Like, in terms of where the story comes from and the plotting, for anyone unfamiliar, I think it pulls a lot from Star Wars, um, but that includes from the uh, prequel trilogy. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, political maneuvering with stuff you don't really know the full stakes of. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It's, I, I was trying to think uh, about how much of it I remember, uh, like of the plot, and it's very little. Um, it's, there's like moments I remember, but it is not a memorable story.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so much political maneuvering, and it's, I mean, it takes place in Ival- Ivalice, Ivalice, however you're. I don't know how
1: it's pronounced it. Oh, I, I think in my head it's I- Ivalice, but I don't know
0: it's it's the world from final fantasy tactics um is it in another final fantasy
1: uh it's in vagrant story and vagrant. final oh, fantasy okay. tactics and it's kind of in the final fantasy advanced tactics games but they're kind of not i don't know it's not it's, that it's weird yeah. he, the guy who made it originally basically he put all of the games that he designed into the same world and he was very into that <laughs> but it gets especially weird when he got fired off of final fantasy 12 mm-hmm. so it's set in the game the world of all of his games but he's no longer there to really control it and i it's,
0: it's the, a, I, yeah <laughs> it's, it's a funny <laughs> thing because yeah we've said it's it's all political maneuvering and also it feels like to me that as they were writing it they didn't necessarily know exactly what that maneuvering like who like they there are people that they set up to be villains and then have good turns but then are villains again and while that could be some tricky nifty writing, you know, a la George R. R. Martin or something like That's that.
1: That's not how it feels. No it, it feels more that they are making it up as they're going along.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So like the main villain is uh vain, at least at this point in it. And you know they set him up and it's very strange because like early on, Vane comes in, he rolls into town. Um, he's a member of the Empire that has taken over this, you know, Again, this it's, it's Star Wars. It's Star but, Wars.
1: But you know, medieval Star Wars. But medieval Star,
0: Star Wars, Wars, but with airships. Um <laughs> He he's 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 the guy that comes in and he gives a grand speech about, hey, I'm actually a good guy here. We're cool, we're gonna be doing it together. And there's like usually in fiction, there's like a hint of sinister. Attitude to that type of speech, and there is none, which you know can either be a brilliant move on their part, you know, that a la George R. R. Martin, where you know, I think it's more that they didn't,
1: the actor had no idea what the motivation for the dialogue was,
0: yeah, and that that's exactly possible. And then, short not long after that, you meet his little brother, and his little brother is all like, Yeah, no, he's not like he's not a bad guy, he's a good guy, we like him, blah blah blah. You're like, Okay, okay, interesting. And then, like, not a cutscene later, some other people are talking about how those two always fight, and you know, like all this stuff, and it's gonna be brother versus brother. And you're like, that doesn't match what he just said. And so, you, know, yeah. and, and then later on, he's plotting against his brother, and all. Oh, we need to stop Vain. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Nothing I, has changed. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot of the
1: disjointed, and I feel like the original draft was a lot more. When you mentioned George R. R. Martin, I think it was more that sort of thing. Uh, it feels like the original draft was like, it's subtle, the good guys have some bad, the bad guys have some good, and it's a complicated situation. And then when the reins got taken away, it felt, no, 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 but who's the bad guy? <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, in the same way that the protagonists get, get redefined, it is not the worst story. Like, I was entertained playing through that, but, but it, it, it is definitely a mess.
0: It's a mess, and sometimes I feel dumb because I'm not following it. But I think maybe you're not I, dumb. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not it. I what is really
1: really fantastic about it is, I think the battle system is a blast, mm-hmm. and uh, the world, like the world itself and the battles, are super fun. I spent more than a hundred hours on that game. Uh, I, I should tell you, and a lot of that time. Was,
0: was dodging wandering
1: out <laughs> it was wandering out there with my party like it's kind of a one of those magical things they say a single player mmo mm-hmm. but you can tell that that was actually something they were going for they were <laughs> trying to make that experience possible through the Gambit system
0: absolutely and it was right on the heels of final fantasy 11 which was their mmo which i played about 100 hours of myself um and yeah you can feel the influences like it it doesn't feel terribly different from 11 in the way it moves and functions um down to animations and stuff i wouldn't be surprised if a huge amount of tech was reused in
2: 12. probably was yeah yeah
0: the gambit system is neat like i think it's, it's
1: i will say you're still like with how how far in hours was it's gonna keep growing mm-hmm. your gambit like it's a programming thing and by the end of the game every one of your characters will have equipped uh like 15 gambits
0: yeah and
1: like, them for every particular battle
0: that, that's the thing i'm excited for because up until you know it isn't until recently that it's even mattered at all and that's mm. been kind of the strange thing about it is 13 hours in you know i didn't I haven't had the spells or the interesting yeah, yeah. things to do, and the fact that you have to buy the gambits um from you can others. you can
1: find some also like there's points in time where you'll be in a dungeon and you'll be like, "Oh yes, I got the forty percent heal gambit I've been looking <laughs> I mean, for that
0: <laughs> yeah, no exactly and it's it's you know the the flow. There's a lot of little finicky moving parts that I don't think fit together quite as well as they wanted them to, but it's still super fascinating. But yeah, as I've played 13 hours in, I mostly am functioning on like two gambits per character. One oh per no,
1: per that, per that, character. That, that will not last as it will,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the gambits will, and it's not, it's, you know, it's all the different spells, but then it's also like, uh i'll have this character first thing they do is steal and then they'll always or i have this character go first i have them cast a spell that makes the people weak to ice then i have the second character who goes second always cast an ice spell mm-hmm. and so you set up these program situations uh uh i don't know i i it will get better that part mm-hmm. uh as you go and yeah and i was i was just starting i was just
0: starting to scratch that as the last session i played where i was running through an area and i had set up my black mage to look for weaknesses and was just laying waste to mobs in this area that was (laughs) giving my melee people a little bit of trouble and she was just like dead 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 (laughs) and that was pretty awesome
1: it's it's pretty great when you um when you see the flexibility of it, and
0: it's the puzzle aspect of it is kind of neat too. In the you mentioned yeah. ma- you mentioned making a, your character steal first, yeah. But I the, had
1: one per- person who I who I made do that, so mm-hmm. that's why it came to get no exactly.
0: Money. And that's it's a good way to get money is have them do that, and but the thing is there is no gambit that is explicitly. Steal first, first. yeah, no, no. So what you have to do is do like a weird okay. Well, if if enemy's health is one hundred percent, steal. But then you need to make sure that you have another character that is going to attack that enemy after you steal, so you don't just keep trying to steal and yeah, like, weird little things exactly like that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
2: there's, there's, a, there's
1: a lot of those things and. You will also have a few funny situations later. I mean, you can take direct control; it's just not how you play most of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: my, you will have funny situations later on when you have more complex en- enemies. Where you're like, "Oh, this that um, my my combination is just terrible. I, I <laughs> misprogrammed mis-pro- it." And um, the most. Like the funniest thing that can happen with any sort of programming games, and this goes for board games. Like, I don't know of many other video games that do programming. There's a decent number of board games, and uh, a lot of them use a timer because it's really funny to program things and have it go wrong mm-hmm. uh, in a way that legitimate programming, when something goes wrong, it just doesn't work. In Mm -hmm. a game, they just do the wrong things and it's hilarious. So
0: it gets stuck in a dumb loop, and you're just like, "What do you?"
1: you Yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes you know you're focusing on something else, and you don't realize that they've been in a dumb loop for a while. Mm -hmm.
0: But like, I'm. It's it's interesting with like traditional. You mentioned MMO, and it's interesting looking at it with like traditional MMO things in mind that they chose to kind of ignore. but there are interesting ways to deal with them. Um, the thing I'm thinking about particularly is aggro. Um, in, you know, a t- traditional MMO, you typically have your tank that has abilities to control aggro where they can, you know, pop an ability that makes enemies turn on them and specifically, spe- spe- eh. <laughs> specifically on them so that the mages and stuff are safe so that they aren't taking damage. In... Uh, 12 there is it has aggro but it doesn't there aren't necessarily tanks in a traditional sense so i found it kind of an interesting puzzle of how to manage that aggro in a new way using the gambit system
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um I i found kind of a weird way around that which was using i think the abilities called decoy or something like that yeah yeah and basically instead of it was just kind of a backwards way into it but it worked out pretty well in that you know i could just make it so that if my mage was being attacked she could cast decoy on my tank and things would turn back on the tank like there's just kind of interesting ways of dealing with it that i i'm actually grateful aren't just lifted straight out of world of war yeah it
2: feels
1: there is by the end of the game a surprising flexibility with the battle system and again for all i found the plot very very forgettable um and a couple of the characters just dumb Uh, (laughs) i spend a ton of time wandering that world and refining my party into like a killing machine and i I rarely am a person in art like JRPGs who goes after like the the weird super boss uh, side quests. You know, they always have those that are much tougher than the boss of the game. You can do that. I did a bunch of those, and and well, I, I did a whole bunch of. They're interesting challenges. You know, they are all specifically designed for like high end parties you're going to have to completely redesign how you do your gambits for this weird encounter. And they were fun. They're like, they're each one was like figuring out a different puzzle.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the last game I went that hard into was 10 and I,
1: we I went pretty hard into 10 as well. And I like 10 a lot, but, um, and what was it like the monster lands monster hunter repart? Quiet lands where they have all the the monster person with the big bosses there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I did some of that, but I got I got bored with it a lot sooner than I did with twelve. Okay. So we'll we'll see how your mileage goes, but I think especially with the switch, yeah, I, it seems like a really perfect game for that. And for kind of going, oh, okay, that didn't really work just go back, reset up the gambits, try it again. Um, and because it kind of plays itself, you could kind of do that while hanging out.
0: Yeah, and it, this one's definitely more forgiving. It has a respec option, which I've used a few times. Um, the, the leveling system, is the job system, is different from what you played in mm-hmm. the original. Um, so this version, the Zodiac Age one, you pick your job, and then you pick a sub-job. Um, well actually it's basically just two jobs so you can kind of mix and match two classes um but i've run into a few cases where early on it says hey pick a job and you're like okay cool and you do and you're like well that was the wrong choice entirely i picked i told this guy to be using axes and hammers and that's a vitality driven weapon and his vitality is nothing you know just dumb stuff like that so i was grateful that they added a respec option but yeah and the other thing that's nice in this case you speak to like just kind of hanging out on the couch is if i do need to do some grinding to get some you know uh tp levels to level mm-hmm. up my job board i can tap a button and the game runs at four times speed and Great. that is really funny to watch
1: i um the license board i was i thought it was fine you know, versus like the sphere grid it was kind of the same sort of thing where it was like i get what you're doing i don't think either one of these are super great they're good enough neither one felt like completely refined and like a thing that i would love to see other games copy
0: yeah and admittedly i had a really dumb bonehead moment with the uh the whatever it's called the job, license board that's what it is in uh 12 here where i hadn't realized until at a point yesterday after 10-ish hours of playing the game that uh you can actually see the unrevealed squares if you hover over them it says exactly what they are mm-hmm. i just assumed i assumed they were a mystery oh. until you until you unlock the adjacent <laughs> space uh, no, that's like <laughs> a big
1: thing is planning out your spec mm-hmm. yeah going all right i'm working towards this which means here's how i'm gonna here's how i'm gonna work that
0: out yeah exactly so i was wasting a bunch of points exploring the board going well what is over here oh it's just more heavy armor great um another weird thing that i'm dealing with is like i feel like i'm i'm like up to like heavy armor nine on characters but i'm still (laughs) using heavy armor three and that's the only thing i have access to so that there's been some weird... weird Weird stuff. I think
1: that that's that's more from the zodiac. I, d- I didn't have issues with that.
0: Okay, it must be. Yeah, there's just a lot of little finicky things. Like I said, I'm enjoying it, but it's a lot of okay. I unlocked the ability to use this, but now I gotta go buy it. Um, but did I buy this? And oh, okay, now I can use haste, but I don't have haste, so I need to go buy haste and uh, <laughs> stuff. I mean, one of the
1: it does have those things that are somewhat specific to Final Fantasy where haste is the best spell in the game.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Auto haste is like, and this isn't even like advice for people who want to play. You will figure that out instantly. It's like, Oh, your first character should, should cast haste on the whole party. Yeah. Uh, Is that different from any other final fantasy? No, not really. Not
0: at all. I just got haste at the end of the day yesterday. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to get that into some gambits. Um, The, I remember in 10, I had the, I had something in on Tetris that gave him like triple haste, and he his animations were so damn funny for the rest of the game. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So, so like, conversely, like I don't think Ten had an amazing battle system either. I don't remember it as well as Twelve, but my God, I remember so much of Ten. Yeah, uh, like the big epic moments, the stories. I remember my whole party very, very fondly. Um, I think I played a, a significant amount less than I did 12, but that part of it as an as a RPG worked for me. So yeah. I mean, ten. I think, well,
2: ten... I was going to say, oh, go ahead.
1: sorry to interrupt, you're doing, I feel like you have in the, what we are playing, you have both this and kind of like the flip side of that. You have Final <laughs> Fantasy twelve and then you have Seven, which I think has kind of a terrible battle
0: system. Uh so yeah, let's So it's a funny thing. So let's go back to ten very briefly. Um so I was messing around with Final Fantasy Seven, the original, um, as my wife was playing through the remake, um, just to kind of contextualize things for myself as I watch. Uh Seven is one I never got beyond the prologue in basically um and it's just there were so many factors there the battle system i don't think is great it looks like just it looks awful the game the (laughs) game looks terrible um the pre-rendered backgrounds are impossible to read in by today's standards and knowing where you're going it's just it hasn't aged well so i think remaking it it was actually probably a great call in hindsight but i did want to get through the Midgar section of 7. I won't say more about the specifics of that in case Nicole listens to this. Um <laughs> cuz I don't want to spoil anything for her. Um but I I was playing that that led me to some interest in kind of rethinking. I was looking at the store and that led me to getting 10 um cuz it was on sale. Uh cuz I just I've been meaning to get the remake of 10 for a long time and wanting to mess with it. And then while I was sitting there, I'm like, man, I should really play 12. So I also grabbed 12. So I have a lot of Final Fantasy on my Switch right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did boot up 10 briefly just kind of for that refresher. And it's just immediately off the bat. It has an interesting world that I think was a, a break point for a lot of fans. Like, it's funny to say interesting world and then be like, but a lot of people hated it. But a lot of people did hate it. Um for how linear it was and also it's it's a strange world that is all about this underwater sport and <laughs> you know like that eventually
1: that plays terribly it is everyone's try... into this water underwater sport is it fun oh god no it, it's
0: just you're not doing it right um
1: <laughs> <laughs> are we going have the blitz ball Podcast, it's just us arguing about <laughs> blitzball. Yep, because I, th- I think the world uh is going to agree with me on that one.
0: They may, they may. Jeff Gersman always brings it up about once a year on the Giant Bomb podcast. uh His wife tends to play ten about once a year, and that means that he is forced to play the blitzball sequences once uh, a year because I she so won't. It. That. <laughs> so, yeah, that that comes about up about once a year on their podcast, and I find it entertaining as a blitzball enjoyer but no like the world is just funny because it is it's about this underwater sport that a thousand years later becomes a religion and it's just it's silly i i it's silly but it's unique in a way that i think is very cool when you're when put up against what had come before it um
1: i like sin as a villain mm -hmm. i thought it was very very
2: um I thought it was a very, very interesting villain compared with,
1: uh, (laughs) I don't like Sephiroth as a villain, and I don't like the human villains very much in Final Fantasy games. It It was interesting to have a really epic one. Like, in Final Fantasy VII, maybe when you finish the game you can clarify to me what Sephiroth is trying to really achieve. It seems like he's evil to evil it up and lately that feels more realistic than it did to me as a
2: kid <laughs> but, uh, um,
0: yeah. i mean sephiroth's motivations are all about the you know the race that plummeted to earth and he's yeah a bioengineered machine to be the inheritor of their gene. you know all that stuff but
1: I think that versus the ambivalence of tense and it just pales to me. Sure. But, but yeah, to me seven like you, I, I, I just thought it was a bad battle system and I
0: still do. It's, and, uh... Yeah. I mean, I've never been, it's a weird thing. Cause it's like the staple of final fantasy and has been is the active time battle. And I've never found the pressure of the active time battle, particularly interesting um it's
2: not a good pressure it's a um i don't know i i I could just go off on it for weird reasons but
1: it's it's a it gives you pressure and causes you to make decisions that are very stupid i always think of like in sixer as a time where it's like going to get a potion would take three times as long as to do an attack just because Mm -hmm. it takes you that long to go down the menu. It's like, this is stupid.
0: Yeah. And I, exactly. And it always just felt like a, the most basic response to the criticism of just, well, you just take turns hitting each other, which is admittedly before I learned how to play JRPGs, which was my criticism of the (laughs) genre. (laughs) And You know, it just felt like, well, what if we put a time limit on it? Huh? 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 You know, and you know, that has kind of persisted for a long time. And that's, you know, seven is an example of that where it's just like, okay, the meter's filling, the meter's filling. Okay, let's hit it. Um, Largely what I'm doing in the Switch version of the, it's a, it's a port of the PS2 game, but it's come with some quality of life things is you can push a button to just turn on infinite limit breaks. and that's the way i've been doing combat when it's forced on me is just limit breaking every enemy which comes with its weird annoyances because that means that uh Aerith also has her limit break which is a healing spell <laughs> so i need to heal in every turn but when i bump up the speed to 3x speed or whatever it really doesn't matter too much so yeah i've been playing seven largely ignoring the battle stuff just to kind of experience the story and that has come with its own headaches. but I am now outside of Midgar and did a bunch of stuff and then had it freeze on me and I lost a bunch mm-hmm. of progress <laughs> so we'll, that, that was when I decided to start 12. Um, that hurts. <laughs> yeah we'll see how quickly I can get back through it in in my mind it's like that was like two hours, but if I'm not actually reading text it's probably a lot faster.
1: Oh yeah, it's just it's just a frustration. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I it's an interesting thing to me. There are very much flip sides where Final Fantasy twelve, you don't really know what's going on with the story, but you can just go out there there and go have fun in the world with the battles. Final Fantasy seven, you're doing whatever you can to skip the
2: battles.
0: <laughs> yeah. And in the case of the the re release actually clicking both control sticks just to turn them off entirely <laughs> which is, is nice but yeah i mean yeah. i'm glad random battles are largely not a uh, anymore yes. like even dragon quest no longer has random battles you can run away the, the enemies are on the map all that fun stuff so it, it's so frustrating to be walking through an area and have the screen do its whoosh thing and then suddenly you're fighting so like even even messing with ten briefly, I was already kind of annoyed by that process.
2: So
1: do you wanna do you wanna go into the kind of topic that we had here? I yeah. talked a lot about Dark Souls 3 last time and I, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm at that point where I said a lot of what I would say before and I haven't beaten it, so I don't have kind of the final thought.
0: Um, okay you're, you're just still souls in.
1: I'm, I'm still souls in. i feel very far i'm a little frustrated knowing that i won't be able to beat it by the time we move and those games take a little bit of momentum we'll see how that goes after i pick it up again it's something disheartening about not playing for a while and then being like oh i'm so bad
0: i i do need to point out as i'm sitting here thinking about it as we're saying souls in out loud i think i've only typed it um, it, it was a weird joke it's that ep, ep, name of our last episode but uh i wonder there's it's like a weird alternate reality where uh we're saying souls in dr shoals had their gel souls that they called jellin but they were souls there's something there. <laughs> Moving
1: on, <laughs> we're going to go to the MMOs and subscriptions, and uh, I think I think this came to mind from you playing Final Fantasy twelve, thinking back to Final Fantasy Eleven and uh, all the people playing more recent uh, Final Fantasy MMO stuff and going, that looks really cool, too bad I'm never going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I I'd love to play. So I played, you know, like I said about 100 hours of Final Fantasy 11 um when I was in college cuz you have that kind of time in college especially when it's summer break and you're living yeah. in your college town and you know, you have a 5-hour shift in the morning and nothing else to do all day. Um I played a decent amount of that game and also it was actually a weird subscription cost of paying ten dollars a month or whatever the heck it was at the time was actually very cheap entertainment um at that time in my life when i didn't have a lot of money to spend on video games so it made sense to pick up that and start playing it um but you know fast forward to 2020 being an adult with a child and adult responsibilities and not even child aside you know it's just all the stuff that you know work and (laughs) all of that spending time with loved ones um, you know, I'd love to check out Final Fantasy 14 Like it's always it sounds like it's better than it's ever been, and some of the best Final Fantasy stories, from what I hear, are being told in that game. But and yep. I recently looked in on it to be like, hey, is this feasible? My wife likes Final Fantasy, I like Final Fantasy. Is this something that we could do together? Um, I'll buy two copies of the game, I'll do what I have to do. And then I was quickly reminded of the subscription fee issue and i was like even at a glance i was like oh, i don't want to pay a subscription fee for this because any time spent not playing that game is just wasted money um and then realizing quickly oh wait i'd have to actually pay for two subscription fees if i wanted to play with my wife and that seemed way more ludicrous even um and it just got me thinking about, you know, kind of MMOs, subscription models, and like I want to wrapping Destiny into this too. And like this idea of, you know, how those, you know, this is me being kind of grumpy old man. I want to shake my fist at the moon and youngins and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like how does that fit in with adult lives anymore? And does it need to change as gamers get older? You know, what.
1: I it's 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 only a little bit related, but I still think of Red Dead Redemption two, and it's kind of kind of like Final Fantasy fourteen to me, in that it it came out, and I hear a lot of interesting things, and I immediately went, I'm never going to do that, and I saw the um, the level of time expectations and commitment, and I I did find myself going. How does anyone uh who's an adult uh seriously play this game? I know you played some, you didn't beat it. I don't think you got remotely close.
0: No, I didn't get remotely close. And it's this kind of dovetails back into something you asked me about quite some time ago about Monster Hunter Worlds. Mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned at one point that, you know, we were pretty heavily into it, and then there just came a point where I just felt off and we've Mm -hmm. speculated about you know what led to that fall off i think we've talked about it on previous episodes and part of that was the fiddly nature of you know what the game was asking of me at that time as far as managing equipment and all that kind of stuff the other thing that i think leads to me quickly falling off of games um is that kind of not 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 the time that the game asks of me but the it happens with Destiny. It happened with Monster Hunter. It happened with Sekiro, and that's why I kind of cheated at the end, is once I have a session where I don't accomplish anything of substance, <laughs> then I'm pretty much done with the game.
1: I always got the sense that with Red Dead Redemption 2, that's your first session.
0: <laughs> there, right. there, was, there, there was cool stuff. I was advancing story in Red Dead Redemption, but then I did, and this wasn't necessarily even the game's I mean, it's the game's fault. It's a weird way to put it, but in Red Red Redemption 2, I had that session where I played for like two hours, and I took a step back and went, okay, I didn't actually advance anything. I was just roaming around out in the mountains, and while that was kind of cool, I don't have time for that. And instead of like mainlining the quest, the main story, I just put it down and never went back. And... With, you know, Destiny, I've done that sort of thing. That's where we definitely fell off. I think we played a session where we played for two hours and didn't oh. get any loot and went, all right, well, that was that's been fun. Yeah,
1: that's we fun. we we played a fair amount of Destiny too Um and I at the time I was kinda like, Oh, we'll be playing this for a while. And then yeah, we had a, a session and it wasn't a bad session in that I had a bad time like i enjoyed chatting with you and shooting stuff but yeah at the end of it and and it was like we're in exactly the same place um and it's a weird thing because a game doesn't need to have that sort of reward
0: but um but when your game is about rewards Yeah, you know,
2: when your game is
1: about rewards, it really comes down. And uh, thinking about playing
2: an MMO, uh, I I I
1: think when I was a kid, I I always just used to think of time as just it was a thing that I oh the thing I'm most excited about I will do, and now I tend to think of. What I'm not doing,
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: it's like I could get into uh I could really get into an m m o and do that every night, or i could uh f- you know finish reading all these books, I could do all this writing I, like could go out and see people, i guess not lately, but mm-hmm. i don't know i i it's
0: it's a tricky thing talking about it without like. Putting myself on a weird pedestal because obviously there are lots of people my age and older with you know busy lives that you know fit MMOs into their lives and it's it's a matter of priorities. um You know if if that's the priority in your life, that's the priority of your life and power to you. You know it's just it's one of those things that I grow resentful is not the right answer or right word for it. I should say it's but you know there are there's things in there I want to experience but I am just not able slash willing you know part of his willingness to to put in the time to really get to those things and play them it's but it does it hurts and i'm curious for how many people it is kind of part of that equation where paying a subscription fee for a game does that like it almost ruins part of the experience for me in that yeah i sit there and i think about when i'm not playing the game i'm thinking oh i should you know i should be playing because I'm paying for the game. Um, it's kind of Full like Netflix. Netflix, too. You know, I'm not watching Netflix, but I'm paying for it every month. Crap.
1: So, yeah, well, it makes you go, I should watch the Netflix stuff. There's something else I'd rather probably watch tonight. Yeah, but no no, We should probably do Netflix. We, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's... Subscriptions are... They set up weird expectations in your head, and I think the the world we're in where there are so many subscriptions yeah like it like it's one thing if it was <sighs> the other thing when you played final fantasy 11 that was your only subscription mm-hmm. um, now as an adult thinking well you have netflix but then you've also got the water bill and you have so many um
0: yeah i've got spotify i've got hulu i've got
1: yeah adding to the subscriptions uh it's a deeply unappealing (laughs) prospect
2: Mm -hmm. and i'm not
1: sure if tv i still can't believe that there's just like more services and more services because everyone i know is just like i would probably pay
0: more to have
1: fewer services (laughs) (laughs)
0: like oh you you mean you mean cable which substanti- Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that would be the model we, uh, yeah.
0: we got what we asked for and it's awful
1: yeah it, no one wants all the different um i yeah it, it's it's a frustrating thing and if you are doing that like i have netflix but because of my taste in movies i have criterion channel for a lot of the art films that i watch if i had a subscription game i know mentally i would feel like well i shouldn't be watching the thing on criterion channel i should be playing the game but i shouldn't be playing the game i should be watching the thing because either way i have a subscription i'm not using
0: mm-hmm. I, um, I, I think the source of this is we're both crazy and we think about this too <laughs> <laughs> that i i
1: think i think you may be on to something there mm-hmm but like, um,
0: it's, it's another funny thing. Like the other weird flip side of that is, you know, I have the same issue when I'm playing call of duty multiplayer and I get big into call of duty multiplayer, but then I can't help but feel that kind of tug at the back of my mind of, okay, this is just like, not that I'm not enjoying myself. I'm having fun, but I am just playing the same thing over and over and over <laughs> again. Should I be doing something else? you know like it's
2: i
1: think there's a reason why those things can only work as a social like i think you could play call of duty if that was instead of a podcast like we are catching up and chatting that way one yeah Yeah. but a lot
0: of a lot of people play it without it being that way they play solo and they just get in there and play and do the same map over and over and over again and it's it's interesting to me to say the least um
1: I generally find the repetitive part of games, what I what I think of as related to kind of the slot machine, uh, to be one of the more disturbing parts of mm-hmm. how uh, game mechanics can kind of take over and control our psychology. And uh, I, I mean, it's too big of a subject for this, and I wrote <laughs> like a 10,000-word essay on this. But I, I do find again like i don't want to be too judgy because we all have our own things that we get deeply into you could say this about me in dark souls 3 but Mm -hmm. there's always a um there's there's something there's something dark to me about year six of only playing call of duty multiplayer alone
0: yeah no and i'd agree and you know yeah back to the point yeah about people spend their time you know i used to get pretty grumpy i had some friends that would you know not outwardly criticize the fact that i'd buy games but they'd say little things like well you know i'd like to play games but they're just so expensive and i'd get pretty grumpy about that cuz they also had a 200 dollar cable bill um, <laughs> so, which which i did not so i was like okay all right yeah we all choose to spend our time differently that's yeah differently we
1: choose to turn our time differently, differently there's this thing where um i think almost all hobbies can become unhealthy and the fact is that's one where uh it can have a little bit more visibility and i can probably relate more to that than i can becoming like super addicted to running you know and people can be very unhealthily addicted to practically whatever but um Often I, I feel in terms of like, playing uh, nothing but call of duty single player. And for me, it would have been like, wow, you know it'd be something
2: like that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I I can say there, but the grace of God, what go I. I, I could easily put myself in a place of uh, those sorts of addiction without mm-hmm. without that much of a stretch. I, I think if I did not uh, if I did not live with my significant other, the number of weird obsessive behaviors I've had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was also talking to my wife about that before we moved in together many years ago. I was, it was funny how my sleep schedule changed overnight because back, (laughs) back in the day I would, you know, I'd get up, I'd go to work, I'd get home, I'd sleep for two to three hours. I'd eat something i'd play video games until two or three in the morning i'd sleep for three hours i'd get up i'd go to work and repeat and nauseum. <laughs> and it was a terrible terrible life schedule um that then when we moved in together and she was like all right it's time for bed it's 10 o'clock i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock people do this but no it was a change for the better for sure but um yeah no there there are plenty of things with my habits that are definitely improved by you know having social loved ones around me that keep me from falling into weird holes of obsession with games um you know and sometimes i do find myself you know wanting for those times like that's that is kind of a weird flip side to it
1: oh which... i i know i know what you mean and there are Though the, I have very, very fond memories of some of those times, mm-hmm. and I will still, yeah, we've talked before. And, and and it's like, uh, when my wife would be out of town for a conference or something, I'd be like, you know, I'm gonna spend a couple of those days, just I'm just gonna go play like Dark Souls for, for, <laughs>
0: for uh, when Dark Souls 3 yeah. came out, I took three days off from work, and that was yeah. all I did,
1: yeah and i'm going to and i'm just gonna kind of and that is good it's also good that that isn't the only thing
0: it's not the norm but yeah yeah, Yeah. i do find myself with final fantasy 12 you know wanting to order a bunch of chinese food sit down with a plate in my lap and a controller in my hands and just play into the hours of the night and because that's what i used to do with 10 you know and i I want to do that, but I'd want to do that for like a week tops. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't want that to be my life moving forward. Yeah, that's. I think,
1: yeah, I I can fantasize about um, marathoning through the end of Dark Souls for the next three days, and I would super enjoy that. But I would not want to do that again for a year. Mm. Yeah. So, and that that would be, but I. I can see both the appeal of it and then I can see how that gets very dark. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess what we're talking about has very little to do with the original topic.
0: No, it, yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, looping back to subscriptions (laughs) though. God, I I really want to, I really want to play 14 and I really want to, you know, be a part of that, but I just don't feel like it fits in my life. And I mean, that's okay. You know, like you could follow
1: thing. along with 14, the way I've followed along with Eve online for the last dozen years where once <laughs> a year, you read a whole bunch of articles about what happened and it is amazing. And then you go back <laughs> to life. Right. Right. <laughs> that's my Eve online. Um, because what happens in that game is utterly amazing. And I, if you've even known people who've played it, and I'm always like, "Wow, what? <laughs> oh, why would you do that?" But I, I, I see those epic stories. And I'm like, "Whoa!"
0: And mean, like th- that's the appeal of MMOs and stuff like that, though, are the stories that come out of it. And I, I have my own stories from Eleven that are often kind of dumb. You know, like I remember, I, I, my friends that were all in my guild, it's called a link shell in Eleven, um, were all my coworkers at GameStop and they were all maxed level and the game at that point didn't have a means to like make it so we could play together. They eventually added one, but mm-hmm. at that point it was just wow. way...
1: that's that's crazy to think back to
2: that.
0: Yeah, it was and Eleven was notoriously harsh on its players too. But I remember I'd chat with them in Link Shell, but I was largely out doing stuff on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. for a lot of the time and i do remember one time i was trying to get something to unlock the ninja job class um and i didn't have a party to help me um so instead of leveling up to where i was supposed to be and organizing a party i snuck into the area and just managed to kite aggro throughout almost the entire area to get to the end of it And to get to the chest that I needed or whatever, I don't remember the exact details, but then I died about, you know, 50 feet from where I needed to get to. Uh, (laughs) So I link shelled my buddy who was a, who had a, you know, top level white mage. (laughs) So after he's like, hold on, I'll be there. And like, I laid there dead for about half an hour waiting for him. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, he shows up, he raises me, I walk about 10 steps, I get nuked by the enemy who one-shotted me. He raises me again, and <laughs> we just kept doing that until I finally got to the thing. And it, it was does. it was dumb, but it was amazing. So, and like I find myself longing a little bit for those kind of weird experiences that MMO, oh. only only MMOs can really bring.
2: I,
1: you know, when I was having you play StarCraft earlier this year, one of the things that it was making me confront a little bit is, is Starcraft that good of a game if you're not going to play it 30 hours this week? (laughs) (laughs) And maybe it's not. Maybe, like, it's a game that requires you to, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also nothing wrong with bouncing off of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it may be an experience that... um, and thinking about like RTS stuff to me, one of the reasons why I haven't really played um RTS or even like Civ games in a long time is because to me they always required a lot of commitment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I've arrived been like, there are things about Crusader Kings. Uh like I have Crusader Kings too, and I've opened it up and I've been like, This is kind of cool and I really want to devote a lot of hours to this, and that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wouldn't think that from StarCraft, but there's a difference between playing that game and then playing it 200, you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. And I think one, I think one may be a vastly more rewarding experience, and it just isn't. Uh, in the same way, you could play Final Fantasy 14 for a month. You wouldn't get out of it what you want
0: no i wouldn't and you know that that's kind of the the bummer you know it's not the game's fault necessarily i think the dumb subscription model i'm okay with a subscription model but needing to buy two for one household is freaking stupid like they'd sell one they'd sell copies of the game and i'd pay a single subscription if my wife and i could play it together i think it's ridiculous they want us to spend two but that's that's not quite what we're (laughs) here to talk about but that said we should try and do some starcraft soon i was thinking about that i was thinking about it the other night i'm like god we really need to do that i haven't streamed anything on twitch probably since our last uh starcraft maybe that
1: would be good um especially like right before and after this move if you want to do some streaming because i won't have stuff set up
0: so yeah yeah that'd be good and yeah so i mean i think that kind of wraps up our topic but that does lead me into another one it's it's funny to know that you know after however many years you're going to be back in the city um in you know just a couple short weeks yet it's like i'll be back in the city mm-hmm. yet i'm not
1: supposed to see people yeah
0: exactly we're not supposed to <laughs> see them, but theoretically you know, it's very
1: could... frustrating my buddy daily um uh he lives about like a mile and a half from me uh and he texted me earlier being like hey just walk by the house you're moving into it looks great and I was thinking to myself man I th- thought that when we moved in we were gonna have like a small house warming party and such no Instead, I'm not gonna see daily for. <laughs> da, da, da. Instead, we've been talking about. He wants to start a, a Starfinder campaign when I get into town, and it's like, all right, we had been talking about doing that in person. Guess it's gonna still be online. Yep.
0: Yep. Just shout at each other a lot. Well, shout at each other
1: from across the uh, from across the, the the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> social distance. Like, as a person who'll... This would be my Ben Kuchara thing. It's okay to prefer online RPGs to social distance shouting RPGs. Hey,
0: it could be worse. You could be a LARPer.
1: I would have to just throw fireballs at people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... But yeah, soon you will be back, Um, and then hopefully not terribly long after that, we'll be able to record this podcast in the same room. That'd be nice. nice. That'd be real nice. Um, But yeah, I think that that wraps up this episode. Unless you have anything else. Ah, that's it. That's it. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me today, and thank you for our listeners. There are some. It's not nobody.
1: (laughs) You, you brave few.
0: (laughs) <laughs> there, there we have them. Um, they show up, they listen. So I'm I'm very happy for that. So thank you to those people that do listen. Um we hope you enjoy it. Uh, please share. Um please. You know, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, we are on iTunes. I still haven't changed the note, but we are. I, um, I changed the note. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, there it is. I changed the note because
1: I I, <laughs> I felt like there's only so many podcasts we should record where we talk about not changing the note, but here you preemptively did before looking at.
0: Me. Oh, dang! Nice. Maybe That's nice. good. That. Maybe next time. I mean, inevitably I'll copy this document when I make our next document, so it'll be updated there. So <laughs> um, so visit expositionbreak.com for our written content and uh, keep track of this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at expositionbreak. Um, send questions or comments to podcast at expositionbreak.com. Uh, I want to thank Icefields for use of our theme music, Scenic Route. I am still chasing down where his new website is, but I will post that as soon as I find it Um, you can listen to our podcast on anchor google play spotify stitcher and itunes and i was actually in our account the other day and there's even a few more that i don't remember off the top of my head so it seems like we are actually pretty much everywhere so that's cool um
1: (laughs) Um, i I haven't been to the account in at least a year so i should dip in there
0: you dip in there's a lot more stats now so that's kind of neat oh sweet so um Yep. And that wraps up this episode. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sean. And we'll talk to you later.